I got Sam Grow in the Toad's Tunes studio on my actual birthday. I don't think this has ever happened in the history of Toad's Tunes. I actually got to interview someone on my birthday. Pretty freaking cool, if you ask me. We talked to music, the road, kids, married life, new dogs. You know what? Let's go back to the music thing. A brand new single you heard on the intro. It's called You. It's not out yet. If you keep listening, you'll hear a little bit more of that tune. Something we touched on in this interview, Sam Grow, newly married. I have never, never seen Sam smile so much before in my life as he did throughout this whole interview. Let's get to know Sam Grow. How easily you let go and found closure. Welcome to another episode of Toad's Tunes. Back in here with Mr. Sam Grow. What's up, man? Dude, Grow House. Yeah. Happy birthday. Thank you, dude. Dude, it is my birthday. It is your birthday. I keep forgetting that. And, uh, today is the day. Today is the day. I don't think I've ever actually had anyone play on my birthday before. I'm Last happy year, to be the first. You, you are the first. Last year was my birthday. Uh, the Friday was the 20th, and Randall King played, but it was not my birthday. I also think I was the first to come back during COVID, too. I believe that to be true. Damn. And uh, you play two nights. Memories. Dude, so I, I go through all those dates. Um, speaking of the COVID stuff, the last time we just had Michael Ray here, uh, and the last time we played was the last night of COVID before mm-hmm. we could have all the people in. And at midnight, that thing changed. So right after the show, he literally stood up and jumped down and helped everybody move the tables off the dance floor and the chairs, and everyone started dancing. That's it was cool. awesome. Dude, fuck COVID, man. Yeah, dude, that was bad. Remember last time we did one of these, the county was knocking on the door. Oh, that's right. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's right. And I had to excuse myself. You did. Um, I will, That lady's name is embedded forever in my brain. Um, I don't want to... Uh, Perietta Lacey is her name. And um, <laughs> she was nice, but then just turned into the rudest person ever. And I understand she was doing a job and had to follow... Probably some what stuff. a sucky job, man. I would have quit. <laughs> I would have quit. She's probably the only one working during that probably, time. <laughs> probably. You were grinding, though. Yeah, man. Dude, so you were just here not too long ago in Vegas. Uh, you're out on the road with this Demon Joe's Jones. Is that his yes, name, Demon Jones? Demon you guys Jones. had a single. How many stops was that? Oh, my God, dude. We did 22 dates yeah. in 28 days. The he grind. Tours like a monster. I mean, we were playing Mondays and Tuesdays. Yeah. And I would like show up to these clubs and I'm like, what day is it? What state are we in? By the end of the tour, it got to where Brad had to put the city down by my microphone. I never thought I'd ever have to be that guy that'd have to remember where I'm at. Right. But we would change states and cities every single day, 22 times, 28 days. So it was just like straight grind. So I I would space on where we were. I don't. You did that on your own during COVID, though. But it yeah. just wasn't that much of a no, grind? Oh, God. Well, no, we weren't playing. I mean, we played four shows a week, but not on Monday, Tuesday. I had Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, sometimes Sundays to, like, readjust and go, yeah. okay, I'm going to go to this place this week. And not to mention, we kind of treated that whole thing as, like, a live life uh, vacation. Right. You know, like, go and see things and do things. and Eat beef jerky. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> not me. I didn't do it. That was Tilly, man. Sorry, Wyoming. <laughs> I can only imagine the size of the sunflower that's growing. Oh, there. dude, massive. And it's right by the welcome sign, too. Dude, um, uh, 2019, Sparky and I were on our way home from Salt Lake City. We went up to a country fan fest. All of us were. And he was driving the, uh, the RV on the way. And he yelled at his girl, like, go grab me some toilet paper. She's like, why? And he's like... What, what do you mean? Why? Just go yeah. fucking grab that. Cause yeah. like we're on our way back. No, you don't. Just, you just don't poop in the RV. It's just no. You whatever. Can't. There's rules. He got off the freeway. The bus was still moving, dude, and jumped out the door with toilet paper and ran. So every time we drive by there now, it's kind of like we all know the area because it was just so funny. Yeah. Um, and we're like, that's the biggest sunflower we've ever seen. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he done he done fertilized the shit that's out right. of it. That's, that's right. right. So did you did you uh, did you enjoy that 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 kind of I always call you a hustler because you're the dude who will do whatever for your career which yeah. I, which is probably one of the coolest things there's not a lot of people that can do that and will do that I think that's it but did you enjoy going back to that much of a grind oh man I loved it I mean yeah. I love it so much that I do it every year now so every year October through November 
I do backyards and bonfires. I'll do it for the rest of my career. Yeah. But the only cool thing now is we have a waiting list every year. Dude, it's so, so the first of January, we went through our waiting list, and I booked all the dates, Thursday through Sunday, for six weeks straight. And that's just you and Tinley? Yeah, in a truck. Yeah. Driving across the country. And you so, love doing that. Oh, my gosh. It's my favorite. So much that we started doing more acoustic shows, too. Like right. We, did, we opened this year with an acoustic tour and had a ball. Do you... Um, why, why do you, do you just love driving? I do. Yeah. I do. And you know what is funny is I didn't like it for a while until I got a bus. And then when I was on the bus and I realized I couldn't go anywhere or see anything or enjoy anything or take anything in. Right. I then moving back down to a truck for those acoustic shows, I was like, this is awesome. So now the guys sometimes will even ride on the bus and I'll drive separate just so I can go and see something and well, that way you have a car to go do go whatever do you need to yeah, do. Yeah, exactly, yeah. dude. I get it now. Like Dirk's always drags his Jeep behind his bus. Now I understand why he does it. That's probably an interesting thing. That's the goal though, right? To get your get you a couple prevos, one for you and the wife and, and another one for the band and see you there. I don't know, man. I talk about that all the time with, with my wife. Uh and she agrees how douchey that would be if like I rode separate from my band, you know? Like, she goes, just get me, like, a girl and kid bus. I'll ride on the girl and kid bus, and you ride with the boys. She's like, because that's just, that would be so douchey of you to go, like, all right, guys, this is your bus. I'm going to ride I separate. I guess from. so. I mean, there's And a, she's right. Yeah. To me, she's kind of right, you know? Like, yeah. see you guys. Like, see you're there. the band. Here's yeah. the band bus. <laughs> we yeah. have Twinkies. You guys yeah, have ding-dongs. Exactly. Wow. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Different, so, different store trip. Yeah, my watch is so chill and cool about all that stuff man so not a bad thing no it's the best how is married life it's awesome i never thought i would be married yeah like i had gone through so many bad relationships and like just had this mentality of you know whatever relationship i was in was what i was in and i thought well it's all got an expiration date yeah uh until i met my wife and the first time i kissed her i knew she was my wife and it's fucking rad. it's been awesome and she's my best friend dude yeah she goes goes with me everywhere like tries to come out on as many days as she can like she's my she, piece obviously she lives in nashville now mm-hmm. she has a daughter yeah you have a daughter uh-huh they get along yeah oh god yeah dude. It's close to the same age so let me tell you this is wild so the first time her daughter's name is Felicity. We call her City. Her middle name's Ray, so we call her City, City Ray. Ray. That's right. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so the first time City Ray met my mom, she had known my mom for a matter of two minutes, was hanging out with my mom, and called her Grammy. And How old? Mom, she's She was three at the time. Okay. And uh, my mom looked at Kelsey, my wife, and was like, does she have a Grammy? And Kelsey goes, Nope, I guess she does now. Right. Then within five minutes of City Ray meeting my daughter, who she calls Emery Harlow, uh, she hugged my daughter and told her that she loved her. It was instant. Just she's, knew it. she's like that with everybody, though. Right. City Ray, in five minutes, will sum you up whether she likes you or doesn't like you. She's like that it. dog. Like, yeah, like somebody's it's pet. Wild. And she's always right, too. Like, if, literally, if there's someone that just like, grosses her out or like it freaks her out they're normally creepy you right know? and then if they're like solid people that's that's it she knows within five minutes that's kids cool. are awesome dude. dude um you've met mine yeah. uh she is uh she wrote her her card today and i asked her mom did you see what she wrote and she goes i haven't he give me the card and i like just reading it I almost oh, ass man i almost fucking started crying because mm-hmm. i'm just like man this is the neatest thing in the world like you can you can be a part of somebody's life and watch them grow. I've been in Alyssa's life going on seven years now, and it's yeah. just, I mean, at, at her age, she'd be 15. So, like, it's I got wild. to enjoy, I don't do the diaper dandies, I mean, but um, I got to enjoy the rest of it and watch this kid grow, and it's that's the fun of it, Yeah, you dude. know? Yeah, it's awesome. And, you know, I didn't think I was ever, that was another one of my, I, had, I came up with these stupid rules, you know, like, oh, I'll never date anybody who's, you know, got a kid or... sure. You know, any of that kind of stuff. And as soon as I met my wife, everything just, God was like, yeah, that's funny. I would say that I, probably the majority of people do that because they have this preconceived notion of, of what I have written down, wants, needs, have nots. Like, absolutely will have not that in my life, period. But I think that if you meet the right person, a lot of those things just, they don't matter. Oh, yeah. My wife showed me a list of, like, of Facebook status that she had posted, like, 
years ago. Yeah. And it was this list of things that she says, unapop- unpopular opinion of things that I don't like. Deal breakers. Dude, sh- I went through the whole list and everything on that list, she loves now. She's like, it's so it funny. <laughs> she's, like, so, she's like, it's so funny that you have these mentalities when you're in a miserable place. Oh, yeah. And then when you meet somebody that, you know, is your person, everything changes. You know, the whole thing changes. I'm going to tell you this, that you and I have known each other for a couple years now. Yeah. Quite a few years yeah. now. I don't think I've ever seen you smile like this before. Oh, man. Like, thanks, dude. Big time. Like, thanks. you're just a happy, happy... You know what's funny is the band has been saying that a lot, too. Yeah. Like, you know, it's these gaps in between my shows and the full band shows. So they kind of, like, have watched the progression, you know? Yeah. And... uh all of them have been like, man, we haven't. Brad even watched me with the band a couple weekends ago. He was like, man, I haven't seen you perform or be like that in like seven or eight years. You know? You're happy. It's it's uh, even today when you were doing your sound check when you came over and I was sitting outside with Brad. You're just your demeanor's different. And Thanks. It's, uh, it's a great thing. Oh yeah, I definitely give credit that to my wife for sure. I would I would just this whole conversation. The smile on your face is yeah is big. All right, so you played some new fucking tunes for me today. I'm not going to say finally, but because you're always dropping Dude, I just re- I just mastered those. That's what you stayed back yesterday for? Yeah, this past yeah this past week, I literally yeah. just mastered those. The song is called, I just want to talk about one. The song is called You. Yeah. Um, I said something, and I just want to put this on the record, that that song's going to be another song about you level, I Dude, believe. Thank you, man. I believe that song just... It's it got badass. you the goosies. Gave me the goosies on that's both my, arms. That's my that's my goal. I mean, every time that I've sent you something and you've gotten the goosies, yeah, those have been the ones. Yeah. So, I I I like to think that that um, I mean I love music. I love everything about music. I want to hear stuff, and I and I like to share music. And I think that's why our Fridays here have been. I we, I talked to you that our busiest nights lately have been fr- Fridays, and we've introduced people to all of these new artists, and that's my favorite thing to do. I've been doing this my whole life, when I was a kid. I listened to a station here called KUNV that yeah. was The Smiths, The Cult, That's Echo wild. and the Bunnymen, you know, uh, Bauhaus. That's just what I listened to, and that yeah. was zero mainstream shit. Yeah. But I've always been that dude, which is, I don't, I don't even know where I got it from. It's just the flavor of music that I've always liked, and the same person I am today. Well, dude, we're thankful for it, man. Like Hell yeah. Me and Brad were talking about it today. Like, it's such a opposite of what you normally encounter with people who put on concerts, you know, like... Yeah. You don't you want us to put you encourage more so you talk more shit if we play covers than if we play our own songs. You right. don't like us doing the covers. You don't like us playing long sets. You like Hold on. The long it's not about the long set. It's about the engagement. Because yeah. I always say the same thing. If you guys are playing and the crowd is feeling it, dude, don't cut it short. Do yeah. your do your thing. I mean, at the end of the day, you're here once, maybe twice a year. Yeah. And if you have the opportunity to share and they're into it. I will go back a couple weeks ago. I had an artist that came through here, and they they talked a lot yeah. in between the songs. And I am not a fan of that because it literally kills a vibe. It kills yeah. the room. This isn't a writer's round where yeah. it's expected. It's not an acoustic performance where it could be accepted. It's none of that. Yeah, unless you have just that magical banter. Aaron Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude. Well, you don't want to talk at his damn show, man. Like, yeah. you talk, he'll f- stop playing, bro. Yeah. Like, he- well, I just meant for him. I mean, like, that that literally changes the whole room. And yeah. that sense of, of, I went up and I asked the the TM, I said, how many more songs he's got? And he's like, well, he's wondering if he could play a couple more. And I said, that would have been cool if he didn't talk through the whole night. Yeah. So the answer is no. And yeah. I walked away. I wasn't a dick. Like, maybe I was. I don't know. He does have this thing, man. I wish I could not give a shit, like... He he. You're talking about Aaron? Yeah, yeah. Like he'll get out there and smoke a cigarette and like take drags and. I think that like he's. I mean, he's badass. He's yeah. on a different level, though. In yeah. that sense, if you think about it, I mean, his success with Stained. Yeah. When I fell in love with them yeah. and the band and everything and his stuff. I mean, he played here. He did a Randy Couture thing here, uh, um, Wounded Warriors thing. I think it was and. It was cool. It was different in this room. And then uh, last December, I did on a Sunday, opened doors on a Sunday, and we did a thing, Randall King's Tonk, and it was, um, uh, now I'm going to draw, a Win Varble played, Randall played, Kylie Fry, Jake Jacobson, Jake Worthington, and it Jesus. was the coolest fucking Country thing ever. music. Dude, boy. like, I just sat there, and people enjoyed it. And I, I couldn't do it on Friday night, but did I could Aaron, do it. Did Aaron play acoustic when he came here? No. He didn't? You know I, he's doing like a full-on acoustic tour now. He is. He was just here at Red Rock last Saturday. 
I think yeah. it was two Saturdays ago. Yeah, and he just he slays it. But he, he used to play at the Nugget all the time here. And I mean, I guess I I guess that goes to another thing. Is that your goal is to get to that oh, level dude, where you I, can just I acoustic? watch him do that? And there is just something so. But for me, that January March time where people are kind of like in to venues and like in the venues, you know, where right. it's like their options for amphitheaters and outside is like limited. They're not going to go do that. Right. I just have this vision of being able to do these stripped acoustic shows and travel and play those caps. I mean, we did it top of the year and our weakest show, which was still a sellout was 300 tickets. So right. if we can grow that and get to that, you know, five to 800 tickets to where I'm in theaters, man, I would do it in a second. We love it. Like we love it. And I took a steel player with me on a couple dates too. Did you really? Badass. That is. Yeah, it was so cool. Steel fiddle. Oh, dude! You put yeah. those two together in a band. Insane. And, yeah. But even steel was just so cool because it adds so much, and it's such a different instrument to where people are like engaged just on watching Jonathan. It was funny because Tinley and I would be playing, and I'd look over at Tinley, and he's just staring at Jonathan Galetti, who's playing steel, just staring and smiling, like cheesing the whole time. In heaven. Yeah, dude, he loved it. It's like. TC3 comes through here and they don't have a bass player. They've got guitar, Kelby, drums, and man. Kelby. And he does. Kelby's the shit. Unreal. I love that band. And yeah. they were so nice to me, man. They're fun. I did two months with them. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Full band? Yeah. Two. When was that? 20, 20, beginning of 2019. Yeah. Yeah, end of 2018, beginning of 2019. And they were the nicest dudes, man. They're, you Every know night we drank tequila, listened to music on their bus. Yeah. And Jaron taught me so much as like a performer like and a writer and they were just so nice to us dude it's so funny when you look at those three dudes to me i mean maybe when they party they're the same but when you talk to them outside of that they seem so different mm -hmm. like i spent time with each one of them and, and and they're just like this last time i just sat with neil and then last time they were here kelby and i sh shot the shit for a while and you're Kelby's just like fun. he's an interesting dude and he's but fun. then you look at neil who's married Two kids doesn't drink anymore. Dude, like and like this was probably I just posted it a few weeks ago. It was probably for them one of one of the funnest ones because we get to I got to talk to him and it, I, I'm not gonna say that he's never not been present, but it was totally different. Yeah, dude, Neil was, is Neil is the professional. He's a dude. fucking machine, dude. Yeah. Think about everything he does. He went to bed at the same time every night when we were out on tour. Yeah, like he would go behind the bunk door, shut the door, and go to bed. Like he is the he problem. knows what he needs. Yeah, he is a pro. I'll go back a few years ago. He was working, he still is. He was working with um, uh, Ray Fulcher and Austin Jinks. Nice. And uh, I had them both here for an ACM event. And he was um, doing the production for the show, it, it, advancing it with me the night of just the last minute thing. So some people up on guest list stuff, still doing. He's like, I'll be back in an hour and 20 minutes. I'm like, what? And all of a sudden, I get a text an hour and 23 minutes later. He's like, everything all right? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, Bro, you just played a fucking show. Yeah, <laughs> like, what the hell? He dude? went out, played, and then yeah. does his business. Like, Machine. Straight goes to business after he's done. It's, and he's such a great player, too. They're they're just fun. They're just fun. Um, you, I'm going to go back to you again. You, I, I believe you told me you wrote that song four or five years ago. No. No, that was... I wrote that four or five weeks ago. So what was the other one you wrote a long time ago? Oh, God. Or did I misunderstand yeah, what you yeah, said? No, no. Four or five weeks ago. Yeah, you. Okay. Yeah, I so said four or five weeks. You yeah. write that yourself? Dude, so I have been going to Muscle Shoals to write this new record. I'm such a, like, melting pot of music. Like, you know, I sing country music because I have a twang in my voice. Sure. So there's, that's what I get categorized as. But, I mean, I've been an emo kid and, like, rock and southern rock and singer-songwriter. Like, I just love all music. Yep. So I'm going to Muscle Shoals, writing songs on there with those kind of guys that write everything, you know? And uh, so I love the vibe so much that I rented a house down there on the lake in Muscle Shoals and invited all my friends, like songwriter friends, to come right. and hang out for three days. And I wrote that song with a guy named Johnny Gates. I know Johnny Gates has been here yeah, before with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I like Johnny, that Johnny's a rocker, yeah. indie, singer-songwriter, emo kid. And we sat down, and he started just singing that melody. And uh, instantly we just like fell into this whole thing and we've landed on, you know, never get over you. And then we thought about all the different things that would make that the thing. Well, we wrote the first version, right? And I was playing the work tape to my wife 
And she loved the chorus. She was like, the chorus is great. She goes, but this song isn't just like, it isn't painful enough. She's like, if we're going to, if it's emo, it's got to be painful. Absolutely. So, dude, we're <laughs> you, you want to go cut your hair again? Yeah, we're driving, <laughs> we're driving back from Muscle Shoals to our house in Manchester. And uh, as we're driving, it's a couple hours. She's like, play me that demo. So I played the demo and she was like, rewrite that verse. So I'm going through these lines, each lines, and she's going, nope, not painful enough. Not it, not it, not it, not it. Until finally I would hit something that she's like, that's it. And so I would get to those lines and work through those verses. So now the song, the verses are completely different than what they were when me and Johnny wrote it. But right. of course, Johnny's cool with the changes because sure. honestly, my wife just helped me kind of dig a little deeper on it. And she laughs because I was like, damn, I should make you a co-writer. She's like, I can't be a co-writer unless I wrote words. She said, all I did was sit there and tell you no, like a yeah. <laughs> hundred times. But uh, yeah, dude, I, I think that's why I, also there's just that connection. And now that song, every time I think about it, I think about me and my wife riding back from Muscle Shoals and like her just editing my tune. I had an interesting conversation with Nico Moon, and he told me about um, his wife and him. Um, she's written like 17 out of his last 19 songs co-written with him. It's amazing. And it's it's kind of a, a neat thing because they know you, you know them, yeah. and I think that that's neat because she challenged you. Yeah. Oh, well, dude. Well, in, I a, mean, in, a, in, a, in a good way. Think about it. As a wife... They are your biggest critic, but they're also your biggest fan. Yeah. So they have the balance of wanting you to be the best version of you, but also loving you enough to want to help you be the best version of you. To be biased, but unbiased at the same time. Yeah, like, exactly. I mean, that's... Exactly. I mean, your go-to person that you're going to think you want to be your number one, want to love. I tell her this all the time when I play her my songs and stuff. I'm like, if you don't love it, no one's going to love it. Right. You know, because if my go-to person who is going to want to love it as much as possible doesn't, then... It's going to mean something different. Yeah, it's a, it's a pass. You know? Well, and I just also, you got to look at that and, and her probably listening to your older stuff and hearing you grow. Yeah. And then oh, get, God. get to that. <laughs> I cringe on some of my old songs, dude. Why, though, dude? It got you to where you are today. It's true. You know, you have to... And honestly, it's been my best builder, like when I... Because now I work with a bunch of artists and stuff and get to be in the chair and produce and... You know, they say the same thing. They're like, oh, God, these songs are so bad. And all. I'm like, dude, go listen to one of my... And I'll tell them the song. I'm like, go listen right. to that. You know, like... Yeah. You think I'm, <laughs> I'm still think, here. <laughs> yeah, if you think my songs are good, they're not. <laughs> dude, it's, it's no different than this. If I go back and listen, like, some of the first ones I've done of this, ah, oh, it's fucking super cringeworthy. Yeah, you get to a place where you start to figure out yourself, you know? Myself sitting here, I, I used to um, maybe overcalculate what I wanted to get out of them. Mm -hmm. And then it just, I, I want to say that one of the guys I sat with was Scott Stevens and we just talked. Yeah. And I went, what the fuck am I doing? That's what people want. Dude. Yeah. I like, mean, the end of the, fucking I'm not Joe, fucking Joe Rogan, man. It's a three hour damn yeah. conversation. When you look at the damn number on how long the pod is, you're thinking, no way I'm going to sit there and listen to that shit for and three sometimes hours. Sometimes you do, yeah. And I've, li I've listened all the way through, and it's yeah. just him shooting the shit and doing drugs with somebody, <laughs> on, you know. On the I think, I like, uh, there's a kid here tonight, Dylan, that he listens to him, and I love getting feedback from people, and the, the most feedback is they didn't know something about someone or understand that they're human or that was really cool that this, that, and the other thing, and I think that's the fun of it. And if I don't want to say that I would ever write down stuff because I never really did that, but I had an idea in my mind of what I wanted to go with. But I don't yeah. do that anymore. I just yeah. sit down, and as I get to know people a little bit better, um, it makes it easier in that sense because these conversations are they're true, yeah. and I think that's what makes it the yeah, most dude. fun, dude. Yeah, I mean, and for us, you know, getting interviewed, like it's a it's a better to just have a conversation sure. than it is to. So when did you know that you loved music? Yeah. Yes. You know, like, right? How old were you when you started? I might get to some places where I sit with an artist and I know that they're a member of their family is also an artist. Yeah. And I know they get asked the same question when it comes to that. But sometimes I'm just so curious for myself because I do listen to a lot of podcasts. I want to say that we were on our way home. Uh, <laughs> probably a month and a half ago, and I listened to this interview with Trey Lewis. Yeah, and his like, I can't wait to sit with the fucking dude yeah. because I don't know I if just you know did his pod, huh? You you did. I just so did. Yeah, his fucking story. Yeah, dude. Dude, oh. my god! Oh, like dude. he burned every fucking bridge he possibly could have. Oh yeah, yeah. And you just, I think that's the fun of it. Even sitting with him or 
listening to that. And I learned from those things um, that, you know, uh, not necessarily how to talk to people or anything, but I learned that what I, what I feel I do really bad or stuff that I feel that I do really good. But when I listened to that, I was like, fuck. Oh, like, dude. And I got to tell people, too, while we're talking about Trey Lewis, that dude is so much deeper than Dick down in Dallas. Oh, absolutely. Like, we became, I, I mean, I, we just met each other. But, like, we DM'd back and forth and stuff yeah. because I heard another one of his songs and it just absolutely punched me in the face. Right. That's a good thing. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, dude. And I texted him or sent him a message and I was like, man, you just literally knocked me off my feet listening to the song. And he was like, thanks, dude. I wrote it forever ago. And he's like, you know, there's more depth and pain. And, and there is. His story is honestly. His? Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah his story is painful. I literally <laughs> yeah. listened to it and I'm like. Yeah. I, I, like I wanted, I don't know the guy. I never met him, but I know his music. I just like I wish I could just pick up the phone and be like, "Bro, is there anybody in your life you didn't fuck over on oh, your way dude. there?" Yeah, <laughs> because of, from family you know, to friends. And, to, and people don't understand. Like he's been married and divorced. He's had you know like this terrible battle with alcoholism, drugs, and, drugs and all of it, and yeah. just like it's in. And everybody looks at him because they've discovered him through Dick Down in Dallas as yeah. this funny like happy guy, you know. But dude. If anybody listening to this pod right now, go listen to any of his other songs in his yeah, catalog. Yeah, you'll fall in love with it, dude. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, go back a little bit. I don't even know. We were just driving, and I was like, I, I think I just went on Spotify and just did a random pod, and he popped up, and I was like, fuck it, listen to it. I ended up listening to the whole thing, and I was like, I was looking at Heather going, my God. Yeah. Like, even I sat with Nate Smith oh, in I the conversation him, I had with him. Dude, like, most people don't know, that that dude was a nurse. Mm-hmm. Uh Second attempt at Nashville was the one that did it for him. Because yep. the first one, he was like, the same for me. Yeah. Fuck goes back to Paradise, California, loses everything and fires all that kind of. His friends encourage him, buy him guitars, and get him back to Nashville again. And now yeah. he, he had fourteen dollars in his account when he signed his deal with Sony. Yeah. yeah. Fourteen dollars. I want to say that's on. That's yeah. It's Dude, it's scary. He's the sweetest. Yeah. My favorite story about him, Sam, is I I love I don't even give a shit. Um. He played uh, down on Fremont Street during the rodeo, and in the afternoon, there's some regulars that were here that were on video, and they were with them. And he was like, "Is Toad coming down here tonight?" It's because he was back in Vegas, yeah. right? And I only met him the one show that we had here. We just yeah. hit it off. He's me such too. a nice. I met guy. him at the same show. You brought. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you that's brought, right. Yeah, you brought me back. That's right. He's such a neat guy. Well, we go into the room with all these radio people backstage before he went on, and a couple of the radio people went before me, got hugs, whatever, you know, how you doing, blah blah blah. And then he like leans over and does one of those things, and. Uh, He's like, and like pushed everybody out of the way and came over, gave me the biggest hug and was like, dude, how are you? And the radio people that were behind them, Heather was in the back. They were like, what's going on here? Yeah. Like, what, like, why do, why does he have this relationship with them? And I just kind of like giggled because I sit back and it's like, I know that, um, I am different than most people that promote shows and book shows. and, And I'm prideful of that because I hear it a lot that what they've gone through to get here. Yeah. And the situations, and the stage, and the sound, and, and <laughs> the production people, and, oh, Jesus. and it's literally just do your fucking show and get out. Like yeah. that, and they don't give a shit about you. You're willing to bring out an artist, take a risk, absolutely lose, lose on an artist to try to build a market. Yep. There is not a promoter well, out there. I challenge anybody to find one, especially nowadays, uh, that is willing to you, take the risk. There's guys like Ed Warm. Uh, yeah. I, I think that oh he's great too he is the man and then you've got Hardy's dude and I always for, for, forget his name yeah uh, and the Bradley South, Bradley yeah um thank you yeah. um I pride myself in that because it's like you're in my house yeah so this is no different you've been to my house I don't think I treat you any different at my house than I do here and that's the way it should always be that's right yeah I mean if anything arguably I get better food at your house <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk about Sunday let's do this Bro. so. Two days brisket, ago, baby, sixteen pound brisket. Oh. Put it in a five gallon bucket. I'm eating. I got some secret sauce in there. that sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> I only, I think I only cut off like maybe, maybe three quarters of a pound oh, of the bro. fat cap. I left the rest on there. Let's go. And it's coming out tomorrow, and it's gonna, it's gonna rest it for a little the smoker bit. Smoker at noon. It I already know it's schedule, bro. Yes. I'm following that bitch on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. And uh, I got to go buy some chickens tomorrow morning, um, maybe tonight, some whole yeah, chickens. Cause that's we'll... for all the other guests. Oh, dude, it's so funny. There's people that come over that don't eat meat. And I'm like, that's cool. Thank you. <laughs> I will eat your portion. My buddy Dave is going to be late, and my buddy Greg is going to be late. And I was like, 
it like saved me some shit. I'm like, you're I ain't fucked, saving bro. you nothing, bro. You're I'm like, fucked, Sam's coming, you're duh. Fucked, yeah. You're fucked. <laughs> and Brad. And yeah. we, we set up the couch for you. That's all good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're, you get to meet Gibson, dude. Yeah, dude. I'm pumped. Yeah, she's a little fucking wiener dog. Uh, yeah. Heather's dad calls her uh, rat dog. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's just a long Does seven. Does she get along with uh, whiskey? Yeah. Yeah. All the, so, grandma and grandpa came three weeks ago. Just surprised Heather. I knew they were coming. They brought their three dogs. They have two. Oh, shit. Two. Um, boxers, I think they are. Oh wow! Uh, and a pit mix, and the pit mix when it was young was an asshole, just yeah, no, fucking no, no. asshole. Yeah. Now all five of them are in the backyard playing like crazy. Heather said that we left the back door open. I bought one of those net things that when they go through it, the magnets come back and close it, so we don't have any bugs flying through the house. But the dogs yeah. in and out, and like all day long, it's the greatest awesome. thing in the world. Yeah. But then they all get along, and they all do their own their own little tribe. It's yeah, it's neat. And I love it. Abby is one of Grandpa's dogs, follows me around everywhere. I'm in my office all day working. She's at my feet. That's awesome. I go outside. She follows me. I go into the bedroom, take a shower. What's that? Nothing's better than a dog. No, no. I mean, sleep sometimes, but. I love dogs, man. I I love How is your pup? Oh, my God. So Loretta is amazing. She's still spoiled as hell. Uh, But I don't know if I told you that I got a, uh, a border collie. You did not. Yeah, so. His name's Jack. Jack. Yeah. Where'd Jack, you get him? Jack Daniels. I got him from a freaking busted out window pathfinder in a Walmart. This lady was, of course, my wife was like looking, and this kid was just holding a sign that said free puppies. We walked up to the back of this pathfinder, and this lady was like, I have these dogs, my two dogs. I thought my one female was spayed. She wasn't. I can't oh, take wow. care of these dogs. Like, I can't. Right. And my wife walked up to the back of this pathfinder. The window's all busted out and shit. Like, I live in the country, you know? So she walks out there, and this that Jack just nuzzled his way out through the pack and got to my wife. And that and, was it. And she was like, I have a connection now. Like, what? And I was like, well, take him. You know, let's go. We're already at Walmart. Shit, I'll just go in here and I'll buy the stuff. And Right. Dude, he's the happiest dog. He's on 17 acres. Like, have it. It's, yeah, it's a Border Collie's dream. You know, he runs around in the pond and swims and chases rabbits and... Like, it's awesome. Um, I'm laughing because the rabbit thing, the other morning, Heather's dad got up, went in the backyard, take the dogs out, and the, my backyard was filled with rabbits. No shit. Yeah, they're always back there. But then on the other side of the fence, you could hear the coyotes. Yeah. Uh, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. I'm guessing the rabbits came into the backyard because they were running from the coyotes. Dude, but, I have a, his name's Gerald. He's, uh, I think he's like 80, maybe 81. And uh, right at the front of my driveway, it's 100 acres back there. There's only three people who live on it. And uh, it's me, Robert, and Gerald. Gerald heard a pack of coyotes running around, and Gerald also has a dog. He knows I have dogs. So every morning he'd wake up and he'd shoot a squirrel and then lay a squirrel out in the backyard. And from his kitchen window, he'd wait for those coyotes to come out and try to grab that squirrel. And he'd shoot him with an 88 Magnum from his kitchen window. Like yeah, like a fucking cowboy. Some dude. John Wayne yeah, shit. It's awesome. And he, he got rid of all of them. Like, really? I don't have any more around anymore. Our back wall, there's a lady I went to high school that's lived out there since high school. There's two packs. Dude. And seven. Before anybody like gets on here and is like, oh, justice for the coyotes, them some bitches will kill your freaking dog. And Absolutely. And not give a shit about it. So. Don't be getting on here and being like, oh, my God, you shouldn't shoot coyotes. Fuck that. You need to shoot well, them if you got dogs. Heather was out walking whiskey. We first got her on the leash, and then she'd walk out to that desert behind us and let whiskey run. Well, I was coming back from Starbucks one morning. I was coming back the back way, and there's a house up there that they have a bunch of horses, ducks, turkeys, chickens, and there were seven of them coyotes in the desert. Heather's walking up this way. I'm coming this way, and the house is right here, and this pack of coyotes is right here. So I come down and I go get in the fucking car. And she goes, "Why?" And I said, "I'm taking whiskey home. You're done walking the dog out here. You got to take her to a park or something." Yeah. She's like, "Why?" And I said, "Because there's a pack and of coyotes care, right there. Dude. They give zero yeah, fucks. They don't care." And she goes, "I want to go see him." So I put the dog in the car, drove back, and she looked at him. She went, "Oh my god!" And I went, "Yeah." So what does she do? Two weeks later, she goes out, does the same thing, lets the dog go over by the railroad tracks right behind the house. Well. I hear all this scratching at the door because I'm in my office at home and I hear this this noise and I'm like, what the fuck? I didn't really pay attention to it. Like the front door. Keep going. I hear this rustle again. I'm like, what the fuck? I open the front door. There's whiskey. Fucking shaking. Right? Oh, no. So I call Heather. What are you doing? She goes, well, I went, well, what? She goes, well, I can't find whiskey. I said, she's at fucking home. 
what did you do? Did you let her go? And she goes, I let her out, and she took off running. I said, she's home. She comes home, takes whiskey again, and goes to walk into the street, and fun coyotes are there. I said, what are you doing? Like, Dude. enough. Like, yeah. enough. Those things are ruthless, bro. They're, yeah. They're ruthless. They don't give a shit. They're hungry. Yeah. And we invaded their space where yeah. I'm at. And there's legit, I was talking to Bonnie that lives by me, and she's like, there's two, there's two packs. One of, them, one of the dogs has only three legs. I have a picture of them on my phone, but just running out there. They're scary looking. And I, there's the railroad tracks behind my house. There's no houses behind that for a ways. And she's like, yeah, there's one pack that's here and one pack that's just up the way yeah. up there. And I'm like, no. Like, yeah, they'll kill their own too, man. They don't yeah. care. Like, it, over whatever. I mean, they're straight savages. Yeah. In Tennessee, again, if somebody wants to go out here and talk shit about coyote killing, Tennessee, you can shoot them some bitches in broad daylight because they're, they'll, they'll fuck up anything. Yeah. The there. people that, a lot of the people that walk out by where I live, they all carry canes or they pack heat. Yeah. Yeah. Just to, I ain't going to die from no yeah. damn coyote. And that stuff freaks me out. Like, I ride my, my dirt bike out where I live and I've seen, Turtles, snakes, wild horses, yeah. donkeys. I'm always afraid that I'm gonna come across a mountain lion or some yeah, shit. Dude. But what are you gonna do? Yeah, I mean, I got a four year old man, so yeah. like, I'm not gonna fuck around with coyotes. No, <laughs> you know, like, when we moved in the house, the first thing I built was the um, the dog run on the side of the house. Put the doggy door in the house, and that thing six foot. It'll deter a coyote, but if they want to get in there, they're gonna get in there. Oh but yeah, six foot's a it's a tall ways. Well, it's funny, Retta, my bulldog. She thinks she is just king shit, you know. And when they were running around, she has that side. She has a side yard that's all fenced off and everything. And they'll come. They would come yipping by that fence, and they're not prone to jump into a contained area. But she would bark at them some bitches like she could take on all of them, right? And that would egg them on, like piss them off to, even more. Yeah, to the point where, like, but Retta thought she could take them some bitches. Man, I'm like, bro, you sleep on the couch. Yeah. You watch TV shows. Like, S- Stephen Wesley lived. Um, in a house at the end of my cul-de-sac. And their ring camera, they let their dog out, Goose, one night. And the dog came in, and Haley, his wife, opened the front door. The dog came around and went, in the, like, went to go straight, and last minute came in the house, right behind it, a coyote. She came out. It was the middle of the night. She came out and looked, and there was the whole pack. Was That one dog's job was to find, to find and push that dog out there, and the other ones were just waiting. And I'm like, holy shit. Dude, ruthless, man. Yeah, well, they had ducks, had ducks, had yeah. chickens, had chickens, you know, because they don't, those coyotes, they're, yeah, you're literally. We're, we're all horses and livestock and stuff out there, too, so that was another, like, Gerald, he's got gardens, he's got chickens, he's got right all that stuff, you know, so that's why he drops them, because he's like, I'm not. It's funny, all my friends that, like, I'll post, I'll sit in the backyard with the fire going, and you'll hear them. Oh, yeah, they yip. and Yeah, and they'll be like, dude, where you live? Because they want to come over their twenty twos and just have some fun. Like we'll clean that shit up for you. Yeah, I'm you like, can. You can drop them, man. Yeah, and honestly, I don't know what the. I don't think it's illegal to shoot coyotes around here. And they they're on the news all the time, just walking through neighborhoods. People are freaking out. Man. Yeah, well, I'm saying like if it's sizable for them to attack and eat, they will do it. I right. mean, there is no limits. Like they'll eat whatever. Like so, it's they get they won't eat my brisket. I'll fuck them up. That's you're damn right, man. We'll be punching some coyotes in the face. <laughs> when does uh, let's go back to this music thing? When does when do you think you're going to release you? Uh, so is that going to be the first one out of the three? Next is a uh, a song called Relapse that comes out um, end of this month. Do you get to pick when those come out? Yeah, cool. Most All of right. the time, Mullygill's pretty cool about uh, picking me. I mean, they they have their favorites, and I normally will listen if they are wavering one part. But if I'm like definite on something, they'll let me just do that. But Relapse comes out next on the 27th. Then after that is Way I'm Living, that first rock yep. one that I played for you. Yep. And then probably you after that. So. Three singles. From August, now. September? Yeah. I don't have Country F Radio anymore, so maybe you can send me that tune. I can listen to it on my own. Right <laughs> I, I, I don't have the ability to, to, to share it like I used to. Yeah, I'll text it to you right now. It's happening. Dun, dun. I won't tell Brad. Brad, I did it. All right, you told I Brad. It. I remember that phone call I got from Brad. I forgot what song it was that I put out. Um, staying Over. Oh, Staying Over, yeah. And he was like... And it's like one of my number one streaming songs right now. How badass is that? Good thing's rocking. It's wild what happens with, like, the slow burn on songs, you know? Yeah. Like, you put them out, and some will pop big first right off the jump, and then some... Just takes a minute, you know. How are you doing socially? Are you still in, enjoying that stuff, putting stuff out there? 
Like, like just being you and music and sharing stuff. Are you still seeing growth and all of that? Yeah, the music is insane. I get about a quarter of a million streams a day now. So 1.6 million monthly listeners currently. Kind of, kind of, kind of. I, I wonder what you were at the first time you were here. Probably like, actually, no. No, yeah. So that's when I started my climb, dog. Like, because remember, I was playing that night, and then we were down on Fremont, me and uh, Tinley, and then I called you because I made the freaking playlist cover on Spotify. Oh, that's right. That's so, right. Like, yeah. that was the turn, bro. Like, that was, so before that, I was probably sitting like, at the time, still respectable, like 300,000 monthly listeners. Because right. I remember when I had 30,000 monthly listeners. But yeah, I had 300,000. But then right after those playlists started hitting like that, uh, and I started getting covers, like the covers of the playlist, right. so like cover of New Boots, cover of Wild Country, that's when things started to really like change. Your most successful song about you still? Yeah, but it's not my most streamed currently. Kiss My Ass is... Kicking ass? God, dude. Dude, I can tell you 45, that... 45,000 streams a day. Really? Yeah. You know what's funny about that song? Two things are funny. I put it on one of the show things. Yeah. Um, um, for one of the ads that we put out there. Uh, that was the first thing. The second was, whenever we'd go surfing on the boat, that was Heather's favorite song. Oh, the yeah, the first time she heard it, that's all. I had to add it to, uh, I had a, a, a playlist for the uh, called Lake Days. And it was just the Lake Days music that we would surf on the boat. And I think that was not one of your first songs on there, but that was one of Heather's first ones. And she's like, that goes on there. Because she would hear that and it's go fucking so funny, nuts. man. Like, what people, and it changed my the game for me, because for a long time, you know, Spotify shows you, like, what kind of listeners you have and stuff. For a long time, I was, like, 72, 73% female, you know, in between Until the Kiss My Ass. Of 22 and 34. Yeah. And then uh, Kiss My Ass came out, and now I'm straight down the middle. How fucking cool is that? 50-50. Yeah, dude. Thank God. Because that's what you want. You you want the guys to want to bring their girl, and you want the girl to want to bring the guys. If you can be a 50-50 audience, like, right. that's career-long shit. You don't want to be Right, because, yeah, you don't want to be all girls or all guys, because yeah. you, you piss one of them off, you're done. That's right. Do you have the same kind of analytics through uh, iTunes? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't look at Apple as much, if I'm being honest. Sorry, Apple Music. Uh, I just, I've always been a Spotify guy. Right. Uh, and I enjoy it because it's honestly the the one most discovery sure user friendly type uh platform you know for me i'm gonna give you a weird analytic i get the majority of my listenership through toadstunes.com second itunes really itunes podcast yeah dude that's awesome it's weird oh i do feel like there's a difference like podcast wise yeah 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 if if you're a podcaster itunes like apple music has just a better listener base and a better sound quality and a better... I, I wonder if they came out of the box first with that. I, I mean, Apple Radio and stuff like that, what they're doing now, I love. I think that they're coming up with some just some cool shit. Like, Apple's doing some cool shit. But if just use your base, you're trying to get on your phone and you're trying to put on some music, like yeah, Spotify's Spotify. king. It's bro. my go-to. Yeah. I listen to iTunes when I listen to my library on my phone. And you nerd, and you can nerd out on your analytics. like Yeah. Which... Is a big thing. You know. I get the analytics for my podcast stuff on Spotify. It's interesting. I mean, majority of stuff comes from West Coast and Nashville, period, yeah. end of story. That's it, between the, the podcast. But I go to iTunes. It's all over the United States. And the stuff on Toad's Tunes, I run through Google Analytics, and I just learn, learn, and I learn how to target and um, what people listen to and why. And like I, I learn a lot more through my Google Analytics than anything yeah. and where the traffic comes from. Well, I mean, for your new artists, like we just did this where we had a conversation and the first thing, like we were going through the clockwork of things. You were like, okay, so where are their Instagram followers at? Where are their TikTok followers? Where are their monthly listeners? Yeah. That was like your three clicks on, okay, let's see how they're growing. If it's growing, if it's just a, you know, music listening thing or are people actually engaging. So like that's your, yeah, that's your thing. You know, I, I love that world because I mean, you probably do too. You probably wake up every morning excited to see how many you got the day before. Yeah, I had to stop, honestly. Uh, I had to stop looking at it, and I did for a while because every time it would tick down, I would get down on myself, and then every time it would tick up, I'd get excited. So, like, I stopped looking at it, you know, it, just keep touring, right? Yeah, me versus me, man, <laughs> me versus me, and it you can get caught in the comparison game so bad on, you know, a Spotify platform because you can look at your monthly listeners and you go and look at somebody else's and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm not doing shit. I, I, I trip out on some, some of that stuff. Like, I look at some artists that are that seem to be pretty popular, but on Spotify, they're not. 
but you go look at them on on um, YouTube and stuff like that, and they're huge. Yeah, good problem for them to have. Like I know artists all the time that they sell out venues and they haven't cracked half a million monthly listeners on know? Spotify. Yeah, yeah. At, to me, I think a lot of that stuff getting people to understand music. I guess through Spotify, you can also tell what region they're where in they're too, at. right? Which yeah. is huge. Oh my god, dude, it's the best tool ever. Like then you can know where to go. Tour. Shout out John Marks. I know you love him as much as I love him. Yeah, and uh, he just taught me so much about my career. So I do have a bias, you know, towards that platform because he taught me so much. And sure, that's where I kind of like grew my career was was through that. Well, I mean, that literally gives you a, a, a blueprint of where to go play. Yeah. You like, can pay attention to what, and it tells you specifically how many individuals are listening to your music in that area. Right. So if you have 39,000 people who listen to you in Chicago, Illinois, Bye. your goal is... You <laughs> Get know, your house in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, your goal is, well, cool, you can always basically on marketing take 10% of what your ma mass number is. So I know that I can have 390 people show up in the best case scenario of wherever I play. Right. So I would book and look at different places that have a 400 or less cap in Chicago, which is exactly what Ed Warren just did with me when he brought me out to Carol's. Like right. I'd never played Chicago in my life. I was 10 tickets shy of selling out Carol's and every single person in that bar sang the words to my song. It's kind of neat. I just got chart metrics and it's another yeah. thing that I use to go through and learn about artists and stuff like that because you can figure out a lot because that, I don't know if you've ever look, looked at that before, but it literally puts it in your face, everything on one page. Yeah. So you really get an idea of how they're doing in certain markets where, you know, it, it's a cheat, cheat sheet in some sense. Yeah. You know, uh, it's not the end all be all by any means. I mean, I've had some artists that I did not think that Megan Maroney was going to sell the way she sold Dude, as fast she's as she on did. Fire, bro. It she's was, on fire. To me, it was the, like they were, they literally wanted me to allocate 90% of the tickets to her fan base. And I went, what about my locals that don't follow her? She sold like fucking 500 tickets in four minutes. I was yeah. like, what is going on? Dude, she, and her songs are great. Yeah. she's. Uh, I want to say her show's not till the <laughs> end of October-ish. Oh, it's and, sold out. Uh, she's maybe got 100 tickets left. Maybe. Yeah, it's going to be sold out. Buy those yeah. tickets. Her oh, songs yeah. are great. Yeah. it's she's. I've heard some stories about... Tennessee Orange, what it's about. Yeah. What the, I've heard a couple different stories about they dated, then I heard that they didn't date, then I heard that it was a, a game and yeah. some stuff. And I just sit back and like, the music industry is crazy, man. I think that, um, I, I mean, Morgan loves blondes. I, I just love the idea <laughs> that you guys all champion each other. And I think that's, that's what some of her stuff is. So, yeah. Some people, man, are, are not, you know, there's, there's Absolutely. more competition in the game than not. But, Honestly, the way I've looked at it is, even if you love, I love Brooks and Dunn. It's my favorite. Oh, I know this. Ever, I know this. Ever. <laughs> but, like, and you'd be hard-pressed to find a harder fan. But I don't listen to Brooks and Dunn all day. It's not the only band I listen to. Sure. So for artists to look at it as, you know, oh, man, I'm going to steal this listener and it's going to be my listener and fuck this other person because they're listening to them instead of me like that's the dumbest thing people want to listen to all kinds of music they don't want to just listen to one fucking artist all day nobody long. listens to one artist all i mean day. there are people that probably listen to morgan wallen all day long but you know all day they but listen he has to a lot shit. of damn songs he does <laughs> shit you put out fucking <laughs> bro it gives me anxiety don't it gives me anxiety you put out 36 songs and i want to listen a lot of my friends wrote those songs so right like i was like cool i'm gonna listen to the whole album i couldn't fucking do it it gave me anxiety like i would i would like be on a ride and i'm like cool i on this ride i could listen to all these songs and i didn't have enough time in the ride to listen to all the dance to all of them yeah dude i bought hardy's album uh literally physical vinyl and it's yeah. on my record player right now and i i listen to it and i enjoy it and i i think a lot of it has to do with I don't just listen to country, and yeah. he's got another side to him. We had talked about um, before about like Royal Lynn, yeah. and I listened to her she's stuff, dope. and I think that's one of my favorite things about her. She's just yeah. doing she's her; dope. she just does herself, and I yeah. think that's what's what's the fun about it is these artists come out and they don't want to change. And Cody Johnson put it perfect, man. You know, I'm going to do what I do. Uh, you're either on board or you're not. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the way that a lot of these people need to be, and I like I like to watch people have the opportunity to stay themselves because the longevity of their career will benefit from that if they're if if they're that way i'm exactly. a true believer in that like exactly. the, re the rest of it's garbage to me but um i don't like that's why i, I don't want to hear covers yeah i do if you're starting to lose a room because they don't know who you are throw something in there and pull them back out there again yeah 
but the reality is is like the reason why I have these artists like yourself come through here is I, w- I want to hear the new shit I want people to understand that you're more than just a song about you you know that yeah. there's so much more even when you go into the other stuff with, with Trey Lewis that you have the ability to learn more about an artist and I think today in today's world people consume music a little bit different yeah um tour before it was radio driven you knew that song and then you went and bought the whole cd if you could afford it <laughs> yeah back then you never heard b-sides yeah well here's a cool stat for you now in a world where a song blows up on tiktok or social media and people think that that is the biggest song 64 percent of listeners on spotify when they go and find somebody off of tiktok 64 percent of them are listening to back catalog and not the song that's been worn down on tiktok wow right. yeah which, that's, a, that's a good. That's a good so analytic. Now man. people want to. It's like cool. We know this song. Let's go find out. More. I want to find out more about you. And if you don't have the catalog there, you're fucked. Yeah. That's why I, th- I think I get upset myself when an artist pulls their old shit down. Yeah. Let them know where you came from. There ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. I wish some of them. No, you don't. Down permanently, no. Permanently. Dude. Oh, some of them I do. <laughs> it's gross. So my buddy Rocky posted a picture of me today, um, and my hair was long. And I just look like I rode dirt bikes all day. Yeah, and uh, we still do that. I still do that. But I laugh at that photo, and Heather hates that picture. She hates that time of my life because I'm like, but that's who made me who I am today. Yeah, and that's Dude, why you have I, to go through that shit. To, yeah, I mean, you'll never grow. You knew me, you know, three years ago. I was a fucking alcoholic three years ago, <laughs> trying <laughs> to get me drink all the yeah, time. Yeah, I'm, I'm less of an alcoholic now. Well, uh, and you're smiling more than I've ever seen you smile before, and that makes me happy. Thanks, man. It's fucking Thanks. rad. Get your ass downstairs. Tell people how to find you online. Sam Grow Music. Make sure it's got that blue check mark. Don't fall for any of that other bullshit. And don't fall for the guy that has Sam Grow and then the profile picture is a blue check mark. That's not it. It has my picture. It has a blue check mark. And I'm only ever going to be on an account that says Sam Grow Music. So Sam Grow Music on everything. And Love it. Find me on Spotify and hit the follow button, please. And listen to Kiss My Ass. Yeah. I will. N- I have n- no place to, to put you. If you want to sneak, I'll just send it to you. I ain't got no way to sneak it out, though. On right here. Oh, I could. This yeah. will be the intro song. Yeah. Love it. See? Yeah. This is why so we do what we do. You can definitely do like a 30-second sneak okay. of your favorite part of the song. <laughs> it's got to be your favorite part of the this song. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to play 30 in the beginning. There you <laughs> I'll go. I'll take a break in the middle, play another 30. <laughs> there you go. 10 breaks in Tell the middle, right so here. we get three minutes out of it. Yeah. So we're going to sneak you onto this podcast. I love it. Thanks so, again for the time. Thanks. You You know the house and west that keeps me up all night. I feel so dead inside. Girl, I hate this. I used to make you laugh. I miss that sound so bad. Now I won't get that back. I'm so frustrated.